0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. 20 edition of Invest Talk. I know we're almost through our first month of the decade and it's a good time to start to calibrate ourselves for the new year and the new decade and you know today was the 15th trading day of the year and we're starting to see a little volatility surrounding the outbreak of the coronavirus right in China and uh, you know, we're in the midst of earnings season, and that's been uh, fairly mixed so far. And there's a lot to, to cover uh, in regards to what the Federal Reserve is doing when it comes to liquidity, what earnings are doing, uh, and obviously geopolitical issues as well. And Steve and I are committed to help you as much as we possibly can. And we've noticed that we spend a good deal of time talking about how your investment strategy should align with your risk tolerance and your performance objectives. And this is an ongoing process and that you need to recalibrate consistently. Maybe not daily, but quarterly, at least yearly, right? And see if your plan is working towards your goal and your goal might shift from time to time. And therefore, your strategy might shift and the market might shift and that could create a shift in your strategy as well. So there's a lot to unpack today. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you will call me with your investment and money related questions in this hour. And through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, our company KPP Financial and I can help you become a better investor. And we do this each and every weekday with philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. It's really quite simple. Our investments ride right along with our clients. And that's what we call parallel investing. So we are in this together for both our clients and hopefully you as well, our listeners, and maybe you're both. So I'm here now and I'm ready to answer your investing and finance questions. Our anytime listener line is open right now at 888 chart That's 888 You can call live four to five Pacific time, ask your question on air, or you can leave a message and we'll answer it on a future show. Now, Steve is off and running on his new road trip. This time tomorrow, he'll be in Dallas. I think he had one cancellation, so I think he has one spot left if you want to meet him in Dallas, Texas tomorrow. He also has one or two left on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week in New York City on the 28th and 29th. So don't delay. Register right now at investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns a story. A $14 billion fund manager says stock market similarities to 2018 might be signaling a wave of volatility and a correction. Is he right? We're going to talk about that. Also, 2019 was a year where growth started to underperform for part of the year. When I say growth, growth versus value, right? Value stocks started to outperform starting September's timeframe. But through the end of the year, growth kind of reaccelerated. So for the year, growth outperformed value. But there is one particular type of value screen, value strategy that is starting to outperform. And I think this would be interesting to kind of get over, go over the different sectors and types of uh, of, of stocks and, and industries that are starting to work for the first time in a while. Also, big, big meeting in Davos right now. And this is where a lot of the political elites throughout the world, economic elites, meet to discuss markets, economies, and ways forward Globally, and I'm going to talk about the backdrop and what they are saying and what that might mean for the future. Also, cutting healthcare costs, it's going to be one of the big factors that are going to impact our deficit for the foreseeable future. And I think there's some strategies around that that government can do to to change the trajectory of our government spending. So, we're going to talk about that as well. Now, let's check in on the market. The market was down for most of the day. We started off uh, pretty negative territory and closed on small caps, briefly or or minorly negative. Uh, S&P was minorly positive. NASDAQ was also positive as well. So the recent small little sell-off turned into an afternoon rally that erased most of the morning losses as well as some of yesterday's losses as well. So the uptre- uptrend remains intact, and I think as long as you know the Fed is upping its facility to keep the repo market kind of tame, then I think everything's going to be in an uptrend. At least for a little while. Now that's very near term, but things can obviously change and we'll keep you abreast of that. Now let's jump into the Invest Talk Voice Bank. Here comes a question that recorded earlier at eighty eight ninety nine chart.
2: Hey Steve, my name's Zach. Um I'm nineteen and I just started getting into investing. What's some good tips or some advice for beginners like me? Thank you. Love the show. Keep up the good work.
1: Well, I think the best advice advice is to just learn. Uh, just read as many books. Uh, listen to people that are seasoned in the industry. Under, get, get familiar with different asset classes and different sub-asset classes, right? Different sectors. Understand how companies make money, how dividends work. Just the basics across the industry. I know it's probably more interesting for a lot of people to focus on tech stocks, right? Or cryptocurrency, uh, things that are maybe exciting today. Uh, and, and certainly those can be great investments long-term. I'm not saying they aren't. But it's important to understand the pros and cons of every type of investment, every asset class. Because if you're not having a balanced view you're going to be investing in the dark. Okay, so it's important to have a balanced view of every asset class investment possibility that's out there. This is Invest Talk streaming live Monday through Friday in the four o'clock Pacific time hour and available for free download as a condensed podcast. You can browse by topic at investtalk.com and you can also download, review, and rate the Invest Talk podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. And now I'm Taking your finance investing questions live at 888 99 Chart.
2: You are listening to Invest Talk. 2019 is in the record books, and we are now into a new year and a new decade the health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Justin Klein is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance, and the phone lines are open. Call Justin,
1: 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I encourage you to get your calls in sooner rather than later. Now, how is the housing market doing? Now, Steve touched on this economic update yesterday, and there's one more bit of encouraging news today. And that is that the 30-year fixed rate mortgage was down to about 3.6% on average, down a little bit from 365 last week. And over the last year, that's that's near the, the low end of the range of the last year, from 3.46% was the, was the bottom, and uh, the high was 46 three over the past 52 weeks. So that is certainly keeping life in the the housing market in general uh, and helping existing home sales and continue to reduce inventory overall. And yesterday we saw the latest numbers on existing home sales. Seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.54 million units last month. That's up by 3.6 month-to-month, and 10.8% year-over-year. So it's important to look at those. The rate of change, are they accelerating, decelerating, and those low interest rates are keeping the housing market relatively buoyant for now. Now mortgage refinance applications are also up pretty big, as we're close to those 52-week lows, up 98% year-over-year. And it's really driven by low interest rates. Now we have an abundance of your questions ready. So we thank you for leaving your questions on our anytime listener line at eight 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 ninety nine chart
2: Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is Daniel and I am calling from Maryland. I'm a brand new listener.
1: started listening to you
2: guys a couple months ago. I love the show. I love everything you guys talk about. And I was calling in to get your opinion on the Sprint stock. The symbol is S. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. It went up a little bit, but since about July, August last year, it has been going down. And now it is trading below $5, which I guess it's now considered a penny stock. So I want to know if I should cut my losses and sell it, or do you think it's worth holding on to it? I'm a long-term investor. I'm only 28 years old. So I'll be listening to the podcast for the answer. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys.
1: Bye-bye. All right, well, you're looking at Sprint and the most important aspect of Sprint today is the proposed merger between T-Mobile and Sprint. Uh, I believe it was early last year where T-Mobile wanted to buy Sprint. Uh, actually, middle of last year. And the Sprint stock went from about $5 and change to a high of almost $8 a share. But now trading back around $5, it's trading at a 40% discount to the buyout offer. And basically what that's implying is that the merger will not happen, mainly probably because of regulatory issues. And there's supposed to be a, a decision by U.S. regulators sometime in the coming weeks But the market is not believing it's actually going to happen, clearly, because it wouldn't be trading at a 40% discount, some discount, but not 40%, maybe 4%, but not 40. So that's the biggest issue here. And I think that was the biggest bull argument for Sprint was that it was going to get bought out and its assets are going to be more well run, (laughs) shall we say that? And that's really been the problem is that they've been losing market share for years and years to Verizon and AT&T and now even T-Mobile. And they're losing money. They continue to lose money. So unless you think that the regulars are going to come down on the side of allowing this merger, then I wouldn't own it. Because they just see no ability to create a profitable business on any consistent basis and earn an excess of their cost of capital. They have a lot of debt and they're just struggling. So they need a buyout and it doesn't look like based on market pricing that this merger will actually go through. So unless you're going to bet against the market, I would sell. 8899 chart, 889924278. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And I know no one has ever been able to reliably predict every market movement. But if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you have to be prepared for market volatility in both directions, upside and down. So you need to make sure that your portfolio is strategically balanced for your needs, your goals. And Invest Talk listeners are invited to contact myself or Steve to set up an appointment for a free portfolio assessment. These are sit down one-on-one or over the phone reviews of your situation, your portfolio, and it really can give you great context to how you should proceed going forward. So we'd love to hear from you. Just go to InvestTalk.com, click on portfolio review. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Justin Klein
2: is here today, and he'll also be here tomorrow because Steve Peasley will be in Dallas, Texas, meeting with registered listeners who decided to take advantage of the offer to receive a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio consultation. It's all about financial freedom. The conversation continues now, and your questions are welcome. Call Justin Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
1: Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek, talking about Dollar Tree.
0: Yes,
2: yeah. hi, uh, Justin. Uh, just want to say, uh, thank you for the show. You and um, Steve, I uh, really appreciate it. So, um, I've been looking at Dollar Tree lately. They've been going down, and I don't know. I mean, what do you think of this uh, this company? Is it
1: you think it brought them out, or they still do you think it's a falling knife? <laughs> <laughs> well, the chart is certainly looking like that right now. This is a company, Dollar Tree. Most people know what they do, right? They operate 15,000 discount variety stores in 48 states and Canada. It's most things are a dollar. Uh, and this has been in a downtrend now for about three or four months now, hit a high of 119 or so, almost 120. Now we're at $88 a share. And so that's a pretty decent drop in a short period of time. And it looks ready to stair-step lower as well. We're right near those lows from December. And we might have actually broken them today. I can't really tell, but pretty close today. Uh, And if that's the case, I see this stock going Probably back down into uh, the the low seventies, maybe even the high sixties, where it was in mid two thousand seventeen. You know, earnings are expected for twenty twenty to drop twelve percent, and they don't pay a dividend. Uh, not a ton of debt, which is good, and they have a, a strong history of being a good, solid business. But my biggest worry here is the trade war. Right? With tariffs staying intact for the balance of the year, uh, I, I don't see the, the longer-term tailwinds of cheap production out of China remaining. I think they're going to have challenges with their margins and sourcing things for cheap enough to sell for right? a dollar, right? dollar tree. So most things are going to sell for a dollar, they can't really just say, "Oh yeah, now we're dollar and five cent tree, right?" So it's very imperative that they are able to source things for low enough price that they can sell for a dollar. So um, that's my biggest issue here: is just the political backdrop, the globalization and trade backdrop remains challenging for a company uh, like Dollar Tree. So um, you know, I, the best thing it has for it. Is that gasoline prices are going down, uh, and typically that do, that means well for dollar stores because most people that are buying or shopping at a Dollar Tree are in the lower income level, and when they save some money on gas, they're able to free up some spending at places like this. So that's a typical correlation, but I think the problem with trade and tariffs uh, it might overweigh that. Uh, and the chart looks pretty terrible, so um, I would definitely pass on Dollar Tree. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Chris. My main talking point today concerns the story that a fourteen billion dollar fund manager says that stock market rallies are similar. Or there's a lot of similarities right now to 2018, and that is when you know the SP hit a, hit a record high right near the end of January. And within two weeks, the index fell about 12% rather quickly. And that's not uncommon, right? The, they see the stairs up and the elevator down. And we're seeing a very similar setup today. Very bullish put-call ratios, bull-bear ratios, etc. Now... He also notes that how long the market has gone up without even a small pullback. The S&P has not fallen more than 1% in 70 trading days, which is, you know, just goes back to the the mantra that it's the Fed, you know, the Fed is there to provide liquidity and, you know, they're creating new money every single day, billions, t- tens of billions of dollars a day, and that money... Tends to flow into to asset prices because that money is being spent out there in the economy, mainly by uh, the federal government, and spread across different businesses and, and into the economy. So that is the setup that we're we're in now. And I've said this before. I said this. If you read the the economic update that we sent out uh, this week, that you know it's it's going to continue to likely rally the market in the near term. Until there's some sort of clarity around this repo facility and their new money printing regime, you know, are they going to monetize the deficit indefin- indefinitely? Because that's what they're doing today. They're monetizing deficit. We knew they would eventually get there, right? To so where the deficit would overrun, our debt would overrun the ability for us to service this in the in the uh, in the markets, and the Fed would have to step in. I don't think anybody knew exactly when that day was, but it was sometime in September of last year. And that's triggered a lot of optimism and forward guidance around interest rates much lower, and you've seen that with interest rates dropping over the past uh, couple months. Now, what this analyst is saying is this isn't going to trigger a bear market or a recession, but you know, a healthy 10% correction maybe back to where we broke out from, which would not be uncommon. You know, breakout areas tend to get tested. So I could definitely see that, but I think there's going to have to be a trigger. And clearly this coronavirus is not one of them yet. Now the next talk, a new report says millennials are way behind on home ownership compared to baby boomer generation. I'll talk about that story tomorrow. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. From sunrise to
2: sunset. have a question about gold and silver. From dusk till dawn. So I'm wondering what y'all think. The questions keep coming. I have a question about symbol STLD. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country.
0: Hello, uh, Steve Justin uh, Milani here from Bay Area. This is Curtis from Alabama. Hi Steve, this is Gary from Massachusetts.
2: InvestTalk listeners have one objective. Financial freedom. Your opinion on Costco. How they get there and when they get there is up to them.
0: I have started investing.
2: But Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing
0: guidance. I really enjoy the podcast. I think I'm finally starting to understand the language and what to look for.
2: Thank you very much. Listen live or download the podcast, investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Steve and Justin. I just have a quick question. Hopefully, you get this on a, on a Justin day, but I'm curious about Justin's position on Tesla now. I, I know he's been shorting the stock for, for quite some time and, and now obviously the stock's on a straight shot upward. And I'm just wondering how he feels about the position now and what the next move is. When's a good time to cover that position, cut losses or you know, hold to your conviction and, and stick with it. Just curious about your your thought process on that position at this point. Appreciate the answer, and I'll be looking forward to hearing it on the show. Thank you. Sure. Great, uh, great question. And uh, obviously, Tesla's gone on a pretty big run, especially since they've uh, launched their factory in China that isn't actually owned by them. Um, but they've uh, clearly... You know, Elon is shrewd. Uh, He's been shrewd for a long, long time. Uh, More shrewd than he is smart. But he clearly has found a way to get the stock higher now. I don't know if that's the Chinese government buying it, or maybe it's true optimism around their business. But you know, I haven't seen it. Their their North American revenue fell forty percent in the fourth quarter, and they just lost all of their uh, subsidies here in North America or at least in, in, in the U.S., right? If you buy any of their electric vehicle, you get a $7,000 federal tax credit. If you buy Tesla, you get none. You get zero. Uh, it's been phased out because of their their volume they sold. So, um, you know, and, the, and they still have not proven that they can sell cars profitably. Um, but, you know, it's at these level, $100 billion valuation. Oddly enough, it's that level that Elon will get a payout. Now, is he shrewd to... You know, work behind the scenes. He has, I know he has friends, one of his best friends, uh, I believe is the son of Nancy Pelosi, I believe it is, one of the big politicians in Washington. So he has friends in high places, and I think he made some friends in, in China as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't see what the optimism is around, um, but it's clearly sparked a, a short covering rally. Pretty big volume yesterday was a reversal candle hasn't confirmed but you know uh, it's in an uptrend and you know applaud to Elon for getting a stock higher even though the business at least currently has not accelerated is actually decelerated. Thanks for the call. Eight eight nine nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now let's touch a little bit on growth versus value. We talk about that a lot and I say we we're value investors. That's what we are. We focus on companies with cash flows and profits and dividends, and, and you know we want companies to grow uh, and that we're investing in. You certainly don't want to invest in a company that can't grow over time. And there will be times where companies that have strong growth prospects, minimal profits, minimal cash flows, do very very well, uh, and vice versa, where other companies that have strong cash flows are more in favor, and typically those are the value names. Now, for since the Fed started pr- printing money, the companies with strong growth prospects and limited profit prospects have done the best, and 2019 was no different as a whole. You know, you had pockets of you know two or three month periods where that was not the case where value outperformed, but overall, growth did better. But there's certain strategy, value strategy, that's starting to really perform. And this is ranking companies based on free cash flow yield. And for the first time in a while, this is flashing bullish for the commodity sector, mainly energy. And actually negative for IT, information technology. Last year, IT went up 45%, but their free cash flow fell 3%. So on a relative basis, valuation-wise, it's the first time this strategy has been underweight information technology since 2006. What are the most attractive sectors right now? Well, that would be mining stocks and energy companies. The free cash flow yield is 6.7% in mining and 5.7 for energy companies. The market as a whole, however, is kind of in the middle. It's it's me, long term median is 3.9% from a free cash flow yield basis over the last 15 years, and today it's at 4%. So it's actually just simply based on that metric, slightly undervalued. Now obviously, free cash flows can can move around and free cash flows for everybody else. That is operating cash flow minus capital expenditures. And the reason why this is an important metric is because it's not just about how much a company brings in, but how much they can sustainably, sustainably, excuse me, bring in. Right. So if you have big factories and those factories are producing goods, they're bringing in profits. But at the end of the year, you need to maintain those facilities right? or maybe build a new one because then one's outdated or you might need to buy a new machine. And that would be capital expenditures to keep that business going. And some businesses, capital expenditures are pretty small. There's not a lot of wear and tear in the machinery like maybe a software company. Others, it's very high like an automobile maker for example. So this is a pretty interesting study and showing you that it's starting to become a market where cash flows matter again. Earnings matter again. Not quite yet, but you're starting to see pockets of that. And I think when you start to see a more normal market, a less juiced market, with liquidity, you're going to see these sectors start to outperform. Now, let's keep going. Here comes another caller question that came in earlier with a stock symbol of MPW. Listen to the question first, and I'll give you my answer on the other side.
2: Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Rob out of Chicago. I had a quick question for you
1: involving ticker symbol MPW. That's the uh, medical property REIT, and I've held it since about August. Of
2: last year 2019 it's up quite a bit definitely on one of its highs I was planning on it being sort of a short term I could hold it for a while I was more thinking asking your thoughts on long term versus short term if I should try and hold it at least for a year just for tax reasons or if looking at the chart you think that it probably would just make sense to start taking profits that you know get given quite a bit already uh, and just kind of weighing out the options on what seems to be more beneficial So
1: looking for your answer on the podcast. Thanks so much for your show, guys. Looking at Medical Properties Trust Incorporated, MPW. This is a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that operates one segment, which owns and leases healthcare facilities, mainly in the United States, Germany as well, the UK. So it's a little little geographic diversity. And it does new new developments, expansion projects, sale leasebacks, and acquisitions. So uh, there's a lot of different types of properties that it owns and business activities that it creates through this entity, this REIT. That's what it is. It's an entity, kind of like a corporation, but it's it's different, right? But yields about 4.6%. And it's been on a strong run with the sector as a whole, basically since the start of QE4 right? in September. This went from... About $17 a share in early September, now we're at $22 a share, and that's on the back of the expectation now that the Fed is firmly in the, the markets, suppressing yields once again, pushing yields lower, and lower yields means yielding securities or bond proxies tend to outperform, tend to get a bit. And REITs are bond proxies, utilities are bond proxies, safe, anti-cyclical consumer staples tend to be bond proxies like tobacco companies, for example. Those type of names tend to get bid up when yields are suppressed. So if you believe the Fed will maintain its $100 billion a month money printing to finance and monetize the deficit, then this will likely stay in an uptrend. So I kind of like REITs for the near term. Uh, certainly risks to that and what the plan is from the fed will be very important to it. But I would hold it for now, even though it's overbought, it's gone from around $20 in late mid, mid December to $22. So up 10% in a little over a month, which is quick, a little too quick for my blood, especially on a REIT, which tend to not grow very fast, right? MPW. Revenue grew 14% last quarter, earnings were down 6% or at least funds from operation, which is how you, which is basically the earnings metric for REITs. So it's not a fast grower by any sense of imagination, yet the stock continues higher. So clearly the interest rate environment is what is causing this. Uh, So I would maybe have a trailing stop, maybe the 100 day moving average is probably what I would use. But I would ride it, especially as long as you're getting liquidity out of the Fed. I'm Justin Klein. You listen to Invest Talk, and you're in good company. Our podcasts are downloaded on average about 450,000 times each month. And in fact, since we began, we now have surpassed the 19.5 million download mark. I bet you we're at 20. I bet you we're at 20 by now. Steve and I thank you for that. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and our website, investtalk.com. And we have a good number of resources to assist you with your goal of building a solid financial future. For example, our risk Risk Questionnaire help you understand what type of investor you are. You might think you're aggressive, but you may be more moderate, maybe more conservative, and vice versa. And of course, you can call our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California, and we will help you out there as well. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART.
2: This is Invest Talk. Tomorrow, Steve Peasley will be meeting with registered listeners in Dallas, Texas. He will be conducting personalized sit-down portfolio reviews. Then on Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th, Steve will be in New York City for another round of his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio consultations. A balanced portfolio is an important step you must take as you work towards your goal of achieving financial freedom. Let Steve help you. Availability may be limited, but you can learn more and register through the portfolio review page at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to Andre in Los Angeles. He's looking at Tenneco. Hello? Yes, you're looking at Teneco.
0: Teneco, yeah. I was wondering, it seems like it's been kind of down for the year. And I know it's a cyclical stock. Uh, but uh, I'm seeing earnings are projected like 3 or $4 over the next couple of years. So I'm wondering if this is a good price or is it like a value trap. Also, it says it's supposed to split. I'm also wondering what what does that mean if you buy a company
1: and it splits? Well, it might be a reverse split, especially when a crisis no, no, is no. low. And this it's is
0: into two companies.
1: Oh, gotcha. Split into two companies. Yeah. So it could be spinning off uh, a, a division, right? Companies yeah, have yeah. uh, different different divisions, and one might be doing very well, and another might da- not not be doing very well, and you don't want the one not doing very well to sink the ship of the one that is doing well. So um, I don't I don't know the specific plans here, but uh, typically if you own this company and they're split, you just have, suddenly have there's some sort of formula that they create that you'll get shares in both companies, right? Okay. So um, that 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 often that can happen. Now Teneco, they manufacture. Clean emission, let's see, emission control products to meet strict air quality legislation, optimize engine performance, and improve fuel economy, and tune engine sounds. So they, they make these for OEM manufacturers, you know, Fords, GMs of the world. And their business has gone very south. Now, revenue is still done fairly well, but earnings over the past six quarters are negative for every quarter, and that is only accelerating, which is a big, big problem. And this is a company that's gone from $60 a share in early 2018 to $10 a share, so down over 80% here. And my biggest issue, red flag here, is they have a lot of debt, $5 billion in in debt, and it's a market cap of only $820 million. And let me look at their cash flow from operations. Yeah, that's kind of all over the place. Definitely in a downtrend. Uh, I, I, you know, I have trouble with this. It's technically, it's extremely weak. And I just don't like the business, uh, to be honest with you. I, I, I think it's a deep value company. You're definitely looking at something that's deep value. Enterprise value to EBITDA is seven, which is definitely on the low side but I don't like the trends of the business, I need to understand it a little better. So that worries me, um, and so for that reason, I would stay away from it, especially with this chart. The chart is extremely weak, relative strength of four, meaning only m- meaning only four percent of companies in the marketplace are outperforming this name over the last year. 96% are outperforming it, which is uh, certainly a red flag. So high risk, uh, it's dividend is likely to go away. I uh, definitely wouldn't be chasing it for that. Uh, and I don't like the chart, so I would pass. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here. And that's to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And we are heading into our last break of the show. So if you're going to call, you have to do it now at 888-99-CHART.
2: On the next Invest Talk, a new report says millennials are way behind on home ownership compared with the baby boomer generation at the same point in their lives. That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin
1: 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Monica in Fremont. How can I help you, Monica?
0: Hi. I'd like to know what sector would you recommend getting into now?
1: Well, that's certainly a loaded question. Uh, you know, there, there are certain sectors that, that work in, in this type of environment, which is you know, growth decelerating. It does continue to decelerate. And inflation accelerating. Um, and, you know, I, I like... Areas like industrials, uh, that's one of my favorites. And the big reason why I like industrials is because of the potential deglobalization of the economy. Uh, and when I say industrials, I'm saying domestic industrials, you know, where uh, businesses domestically are, are getting more and more business. And I think that will be the actual pivot politically. Uh, people c- Countries are going to start to turn inward as they struggle to accelerate growth, right? The the Fed has done so much, central banks globally have done so much to try to uh, create growth. They they don't have a lot of bullets left. So the next bullet is to turn inward and try to uh, get more business for the country, which is kind of what Trump has done, right? And I I think that's something that is going to be common globally. Now, other areas I like, uh, we talked about REITs a little bit. Utilities, those are areas where if the Fed continues to push and, and, and uh, depress interest rates, those will, will continue to, to do well. I like healthcare. Not the insurance companies, um, but the device makers, uh, you know, the the biotechs that are profitable at least. Um, I like those areas. So a lot of it too depends on what your goals are, what your risk volatility is. Tech is probably going to do well as long as... Central banks are, are printing money again uh, because of the low cost of capital. So, but they're certainly high risk and not cheap, which I talked about earlier. So, it's a very loaded question. Uh, and in the end of the day, I also love gold miners, love gold and precious miners. Thanks for the call, Monica. Let's go to Harry in Santa Clara, looking at Intel, which actually reported earnings after hours. Yeah, I did. Um, just a qu-
2: my quick question. My question is about the. Um... The technical perspective of the stock, um, it has made a recent good run, mm-hmm. just like um, most other mm-hmm. technical stocks we've made. Um Wanted to know if it has more steam left uh, for the rally on the upside.
1: Uh, well, it, from a technical perspective, there's it, it's at an all-time high, right? So there, there's no overhead. Well, sorry, I apologize. Going back to 2000, actually, is an, there is overhead resistance. Uh, and the high in 99 or 2000 was about $75 a share. Now we're uh, after hours around $67, $68 a share. So certainly that's going to be some overhead resistance. And from a price perspective, away from its 50-month moving average, 100-month moving average, it's very extended. So it's definitely overbought, into resistance, uh but it, it's business is better than it ever has been right so uh you know from a valuation perspective it's not expensive it's not cheap but it's not expensive um but technically if you're just asking from a technical perspective it's definitely looking like it should struggle uh, up here or at least have some sort of consolidation period to work off this excess work office overbought condition uh, to eventually maybe break to all-time highs from its you know bubble 1.0 highs back in 1999 so do you own it harry
2: yeah yes i do i wanted to find out i mean if it's a good time to take some profits or, or i mean the rally
1: yeah, I, I think this would be a good time to to rebalance the name uh, to your, you know, if you're probably overweight, you've probably done well uh, in the stock. It's only yielding about 2%, which is, uh, you know, it's is OK, but not a not a great yield anymore. Uh, so and like I said, the valuation is OK, but not fantastic. Uh, so uh, definitely a time to. Reduce your position a little bit if you're looking to do that. This is a great opportunity, too. But uh, long term, I, I still like Intel, um, but it is a good time to reduce your position. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will be here tomorrow. Steve will be in Dallas meeting with Invest Talk listeners. So please remember that you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night.